We love home repair jobs, especially when it's work that's got some history to it. This is Ask This Old House. I'm Chris Ermides. Sometimes a project isn't just about how to fix something that's broken. Sometimes it's more complicated than that. It's about making something work, but look original. Mike Flint lives in Moonsocket, Rhode Island. Did I say that right? Moonsocket? Is that how you pronounce Moonsocket. it? Unless you're from French Canada and you say Moonsocket. <laughs> so I hear you've got a house with some history. I do. We've, uh, about 25 years ago, moved to Moonsocket from western New York. It's uh, built in 1896. Great big family house. Has five bedrooms on the second floor. It was a full house from the people we bought it. They had nine kids of their own. Uh, we had four when we moved here, the youngest being two and a half. And we were looking for a house with lots of room. And uh, this was just a beautiful home for children. That sounds spectacular. What style is it? Uh, it's got gambrel roofing, but it's more of a Victorian style internal. Uh, a lot of dental work molding, hardwood floors throughout. Okay, so gambrel roof, but Victorian outside. So it looks more like a Dutch colonial? Yeah, it looks more like a Dutch colonial from the street. Interesting. Uh, we actually have the plans and the specs from when it was built. Uh, I think we're the fourth owner of the house. People have kept it for a long time. It's been a really nice home to uh Oh, my God, Mike, that's amazing. In. Everyone's been a good steward to the house, it sounds like, who's had it. Yes, the they years. have. It was also initially piped for natural gas lighting because there wasn't electricity in the area yet. Sure, but before yeah. construction was done... Electrical came, so they switched from natural gas to electric lighting, but the house That's still has all the piping in place from the natural gas lighting. So how do you know how do you know that level of detail about the construction process? So again, we've got the specs and I'm in facilities management at some old houses down at Brown University. We have a lot of turn of century or before homes that we maintain. So you see a lot of the construction techniques when we get into making repairs or making modifications. And I grew up on a dairy farm out in western New York, so we did a, learned how to do a lot of things ourselves. So you learned a lot besides work ethic. Yes, we did. So what's going on with this house? Like, what are you reaching out to us for? There's been some water damage, I would say, to some of the brickwork in the foundation of the home. So the base foundation is field stone, but then the exposed part is brick, and it's the typical brick foundation and then a facing brick. So the facing brick, some of the bricks are falling out, and they're not a typical red brick. They appear to be made out of limestone, so they're a very light gray color with a rock face, it's called. Interesting. To uh, offset that color in the way the foundation is built is the mortise is red. Interesting. I've gotten the right type mortise to uh, do the repair on the, the joints. Do you have a place in the foundation where the bricks aren't visible? Uh, I do, actually. So uh, the, I was kind of going down the path of two options. One was to find bricks. Uh, I've contacted about 50 brickyards over the northeast down into New Jersey area, Pennsylvania. Ultimately, no one has stocked the brick that I need. So we decided that I'll go with my second option, which was I have a location under what used to be a back porch, which now has a full deck over the area. Underneath the deck is still some bricked area where I can take 
the existing bricks out, replace them with something else, and then use those bricks for the repair that I need. But I imagine getting those bricks is not going to be easy or fun. Uh, I have not crawled under the deck yet to get them out. It's not like I can't walk under the deck. I do yeah, I have to it. crawl. I, I can understand your uh, your want for a, a different option. And it's not a very big spot. It's single width. It's just, the, again, that facing, but it's the corner. So they're interlaced. And it goes back maybe two or three bricks along the wall. And how tall? Like two uh, I think it's six courses of brick there. Okay. It sounds like you're up for this, doing this work yourself. I'm always up for a challenge. All right, Mike, I know just the person to help you with this project. It's Mark McCullough. He's an incredible mason. Yeah. He's worked on tons of projects at this old house, and he is always up for the challenge of old historic homes. He'll get your house looking as good as 1896. Okay. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. After the break... We'll tap into Mark McCullough's expertise and get Mike's historic wall repaired and looking nice and old. Repairing a historic brick wall will certainly present some complications, but nothing that our resident stonemason Mark McCullough can't tackle. Let's get him on the line. Hey Mark, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? So Mike has been an incredible steward to his home, which was built in 1896, and he knows the house inside and out. But his brick foundation has him stumped. Mike needs to replace a small section of it, but because the house is so old, the bricks are super rare. He can't find them anywhere. They have a rock face, and they're limestone color, So how can he get his hands on some of these bricks? And once he has them, what does he do? Great question, and I've actually run into it, to your point. And this is a great question because there are a couple different ways he can go about sourcing this. So the first thing I would do is contact an institute of limestone, which is in Indiana. Uh, Most of the limestone that we use in this country comes from Indiana limestone. It's the oldest in the country, to my knowledge anyway. And the product is like, I get excited thinking of the product because they do have a brick that they cut in their plant that's made for this type of thing. It does come in different shades, so he's probably going to be able to match the color that he has even from 1900 because they do have slight variations, maybe six or seven. And through my experience, you can always find one that matches your existing limestone. So the first call would be to the Indiana Limestone Institute. The other thing that I've done in the past, which is a little tricky, but it's fun and it's actually doable. If you go to your stockyard in Rhode Island, I know there are a few down there that carry limestone. You can get limestone in any thickness. Two inches is standard. So if he got a standard one and was able to do what we call a rock face on it, which you know I've done a million times in my life, and it's actually a very simple thing to do, all it is is you get a trace chisel, and you go to the face of the limestone, and that's all you do is knock that face right off. You flip it over. That way you'll get the second half of the limestone, and then you cut it just in the same size that he has in the foundation. And to me... That's the best way to mimic a limestone brick, which, again, you don't find very often. So if he was able to pull this off, Mike, you'd be a very uh, renowned guy in my business. But that's just one way to do it, and you'd have to find a skilled mason to help you out with that. 
start with the Indiana Limestone Institute, and I believe you'll find what you need. And again, if you have to, you know, you can make it. I know I could make it. I mean, it's it's definitely a doable thing. Mark, every time I talk to you, I'm like, how do you know all that? Like, how well, do you? It's just like you always know. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Chris, like it's unbelievable. Well, you and I just went through something very similar. I could not get on this computer to do this <laughs> podcast. You know, you guys had to help me on it. I don't know much about much, but I do know stone, brick, mortar. You do. That's, it's, it's a passion, so it's easy. But that's why I know a lot of things that sometimes are, are useless information for someone. Not useless <laughs> at all. That's why I, I love talking to you about Great. this stuff. It's, I learned so much, and I, I know our listeners are going to appreciate it too. So Good. just so I understand, get a piece of limestone, the right color, yep. cut it the size of the brick, and then rock facing. And the cutting the size of the brick, and particularly the rock facing, is where the skill comes yes, in, right? Yes, that's the skill. And the trace chisel, can you describe that chisel? Uh, carbide tip. Mm-hmm. So basically it's harder than any stone and you just operate it like a normal chisel. And when I say trace, I'm going to trace that quarter inch line from left to right all the way across the tread. I see. And that's where I'm going to apply the pressure with my hammer and snap that edge. I mean, it sounds easy enough, but I know. You know what? You work. You're like a Zen master. I'm making a lot out of it. Uh, uh, any mason could do it and I could get a layman and train him to do it within an hour. So it's okay. not super difficult. But what he's, what Mike is going to find is the most important part is going to be the jointing when he's done. Even though, as you said earlier, he has sourced that mortar, it's never going to be exactly the same as what he has existing. Why? Because what is existing has been weathered. Right. So there's going to be a fade to that mortar. So anytime I'm doing anything and it's all in my view... I actually grind out and take out all the existing mortar joints, and then I repoint with a consistent color, which, as you mentioned, is going to be the red. So he's going to want to make sure he takes out all those joints after he replaces those six brick. And then once the joint is consistent, you can get away with a differential in the color of the limestone. You can get away with your brick being two and a quarter and my limestone replacement being a little less than that. You can match a foundation, a brick wall. You can match everything. There's not much to it. And there is research involved, so there's the work. Yeah, and it sounds like Mike's done a bunch of yeah. it, and he's willing to do more of it. Yeah. If he did want to attempt it himself, where, how, where do you start? So the corner is where all the damage is. So he's going to get his hands on the very top brick. He's going to pull it, and then he's going to pull brick on his way down until the brick don't want to come. And that's where your repair starts. So maybe things that don't look like they're bad, you might end up pulling them out too. That's right. So if it wants to come out with a pull, then it's got to come out. All right. And then it's a matter of putting the motor down and just restacking them, right? Pretty much. I mean, it sounds so easy, but I know it's (laughs) it's You know what it is, Chris? It's neatness. It's neatness. If people went in using that train of thought, I want to be neat, your masonry is always much better. And that starts with prepping your area, your work area, get everything out of your way, get your ground level, get your material in front of you. Masonry, when it solidifies, we all know it's not easy to get off. So neatness first. So, Mark, appreciate the guidance on how to source that. Now, let me run something else by you. Mike has a backup plan. There's an area under his deck that has the same brick, but it's not easy to get to. Could he take some of those? 
I love the thought. I love the thought. Anytime I can get original material that is hidden, that is the way that I would go. Uh, but there are some considerations before doing that. Extracting the existing brick that you want to use in the damaged corner. How easy is that going to be to do? Uh, you don't want to damage those brick. They could be, because they are 100 years old, they may be fragile. So any attempt at taking them out may break them, which makes the point moot. But I would also take as much care replacing those brick in a hidden area as I would in an exposed area such as that outside corner. And the reason for that is who the heck knows, but that brick may be exposed at one point. It's under a porch right now, but someone may tear that porch off at a later date and then you're stuck with an eyesore over there. I would give that heavy consideration. It's a great idea and a great thought to begin with, but walk wisely. All right, that's good guidance. Thanks, Mark. You got it. Got a long overdue project at your house? Submit your project at askthisoldhouse.com. Ask This Old House is produced by Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch. Production support from Sarah Chase. Thanks to Mike Flint and Mark McCullough. If you want to let us know what you think of the show, send us an email, ask at thisoldhouse.com. And subscribe to our podcast newsletter at thisoldhouse.com slash newsletters. Don't forget to watch our Ask This Old House TV show on PBS and in the This Old House app. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. I'm Chris Ermides. See you next week.